Today, we have 13,000 people that are back at work that weren't at the start of this. And we can clearly point to that schools did their job. This work, when we consider the pandemic a community-wide pandemic, that is just another data point that points to this was the right decision. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Today, I'm returning with my guest, Dale Shaver, Director of Waukesha County Department of Parks and Land Use, to continue the conversation from our last episode. To hear more about the data Waukesha County and their local schools have been monitoring and how that partnership came to be, listen to episode 151. Dale has also previously joined us on the show in episodes 68, 93, and 94 to discuss their organization's response to the pandemic and collaboration with their local school districts. Today, Dale and I pick up where we left off, talk about some of the challenges the data revealed and some very interesting implications for schools. As we continue to to think about the data and thinking about over the past year, what have been some of the biggest challenges that the data have revealed that we hadn't talked about, or, or what did you learn, Dale, from the looking yeah, at that data? Covered, you know, the data is just reaffirming that the the tactics, the science, if you will, of the protocols. Again, not to, to oversimplify, mask wearing and hand washing and cohort separation or physical uh, physical distancing uh, does work. But we're also finding that less than the half a percent in our case, and, and I think it was validated in the uh, study in uh, Wood County, that less than half a percent of the kids that were quarantined, so as a direct contact with somebody that was positive, actually became positive. Mm. And so we, we began to see this and, uh, and, you know, again, you have to be careful not to make moves too prematurely without a scientific analysis, right? But we are now aware of some research that was done in the state of Ohio, where they came, it appears that they came to very similar conclusion where through a joint team of academic and medical researchers, they found what we're finding is that there's really no discernible difference between the risk of uh, contracting coronavirus as a direct contact whether you're in close contact with that person or not. And so what that tells us is coupled with the academic performance information that we've received or that we're seeing for uh, virtual learning, we perhaps we are over quarantining students mm-hmm. uh, because they it is not as risky when they are in a school environment. Even though they were a direct contact with somebody outside of school, school still is a very safe place. And so... Yeah. When you think about taking a student out of school for that quarantine period, and I, I think I can speak mm-hmm. to a few cases that I'm just anecdotally aware of where that student had been quarantined a few times, right? Because yeah. of their connections and et cetera. Well, that is an accumulated effect. Uh, basically, you've created a virtual learning student by quarantine, right? Yeah. And so, again, I, I think that is the piece of data that. I think we would love to have more of because I think it would, again, change our approach to this. And then I I would say today, much like you read and you talk to friends and family and you read through a lot of posts, but people are still on different spectrums with this, right? Lovers Mm -hmm. of comfort. And so 
One of the challenges I think still remains is despite the data and the safety and the academic performance information or data, how do we get those virtual learners back to school that just don't want to return? Mm-hmm. I can speak from a business perspective, Janet. When we went virtual as a staff under our the Wisconsin Safer at Home order in March, and we started bringing people back as early as April in the same type of protocol, those staff that we kept out a little while longer, it's about a three-week mental transition away yeah. from your home back into the routine of an office. And so we now count on it when that yeah. happens. And so I would suspect that would occur also in a learning environment as well. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely. I mean, we're talking as we work with our partner organizations, we're talking now, especially from the human resource perspective of what is it going to mean to come back to work? You know, what are all the things we're going to have to do to prepare people to come back in a particular way? And what is that work going to look like? And how do we manage that? You know, so same with kids coming back to school. We've just been living this other other life, you know, and for a long time. So I think, you know, a couple of things. One is what you're doing is really helping us understand things. So if something ever happened again, or or when we look at those obstacles, first of all, you've been able to put a model in place where you can begin to look at data and help share that information so that you reduce anxiety and builds people people's confidence, right? And so, but if we're ever to be in, you know, hopefully we're not going to be, but if we're in this unfortunate circumstance, again, the work that you're doing, you're learning so much that that we would be able to get ahead of it instead of you know, feel like we're behind it. So just uh, moving to the to the next question, just thinking about that, Dale, what things would you do the same and maybe what would you do differently? Yeah. So that collaboration, and I would say in this case, certainly was with schools and businesses was so vital. And I just think that the more we as organizations think outside of our normal swim lane, the more powerful we can be. And you know, going back to data, Janet, at the start, I had shared that by May, so three months into a safer at home order in Wisconsin, our unemployment had spiked to that 11.7%. So by today, and it actually recovered much quicker, because we're down to an unemployment rate of about 4%. Oh, wonderful. So during that time, when you put this to faces Mm. and you personalize this, today we have 13,000 people that are back at work that weren't at the start of this. And so we can clearly point to that schools did their job, that this this worked when we consider the pandemic a community-wide pandemic. And it wasn't just about the cases and the positivity rates and the anxiety of uh, in classroom learning, that is just another data point that points to this was the right decision. Yeah. And so I would say absolutely that. And as we've talked before, just the cadence of weekly meetings. And so what that looked like for us is on Mondays, we had a check-in with uh, higher education institutions in our county. There are three of them. Wednesday was a collaborative meeting with our superintendents. And then on Thursday, we met with school nurses and nurse aides, and there was about 65 of them on that call. And what we purposely did that uh, because so much information was happening so quickly that it was very important that our partners could trust that what was identified as an issue where we needed to make adjustments to our processes or protocols, that they would count on us having it by the next week. And so literally, 
by Thursday, we were back into a cycle of refining protocols and, re- and delivering those, so almost a weekly continuous improvement cycle, if you will. Mm-hmm. But the other piece that we found was very important is because we met with the superintendents on Wednesday and the school nurses on Thursday, we built in a guaranteed cascading of information, right? So that at some point, and I even remember one of the early meetings looking at the at the nurses, this is your opportunity to manage up. Yeah. You now have information that your that the superintendent received yesterday. Now it may be more technical in nature, but we believe at some point during your work week, your information will collide. And yeah. then you can clearly say that you're on the same page. So I think that was really helpful. And then I would say for us to bring a public health credibility to the table was very important. And we talked openly about this to the schools that we knew that as government, what we were bringing to the table was political cover for the superintendents. This is a tough job, right? This is, this is snow days on steroids. Um, And so when you think about the public pressure, from both sides, we knew that part of our role was to do that. And and we could give them political cover, if you will, because we brought to the table the science. Yeah. And they were joining us in providing the data. So what would we do differently? I would say we should have started earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just, I mean, just even two more months, because the pace of developing those protocols from June to August to help that confidence and that trust be built inside of the school for personnel that literally had been out of the building. So we talk about that three-week transition period. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, were, we needed to build trust to those teachers, those educators and administrative staff that were now being asked to return to their building that we knew what we were doing. Yeah. And I get just go back to with that, because you all were trying to solve the problem together and you built such a good collaborative relationship, you now have that trusting relationship to continue to solve problems together. You know, that's probably an outcome that will stay with you for, for a long time. And just the hard work and the heavy lifting that you all did and, and being a good partner in that process. I was going to ask you a few minutes ago, what, ha- you know, if your if your employment rate if it if you saw the effect on it and and uh, so the the idea that that you can see that return I mean has to be invaluable to your community. So as we close today, Dale, I think it'd be great just for our listeners to hear from you. What advice do you give leaders when they're working in collaboration to solve critical problems? Because you certainly have shown a great model with data that's produced unbelievable results. Yeah, it all starts with that definable objective. What gets measured gets improved. As one of your staff formerly told me, it's stupid simple. Yeah. Um, and so to have that that definable objective was very important. Certainly, we talked about the cadence of information and trusting. It was it was a way for us to stamp down rumors that were emerging. We certainly did have some very tough, difficult conversations. I would call family talks amongst partners. And that was really, really powerful. I also would say to any, any, any organization that is going to take this type of thing on, you really need mutual empathy and that open, honest conversation. Janet, one of your podcasts, and I've shared this with you before, I think it's podcast nine, 
that has just become part of my repertoire for we they conversations, right? That if we were, if this coalition was going to be built around the blame game, it was just not going to work. And so this was, and safely say it, these were family discussions and you need to go into these business relationships with that type of mindset that this is a, we're all chasing the same objective and we're all going to work hard to make this happen. Yeah. Well, I am so proud of you and your team and the work that you all have done to make an unbelievable impact in your community. And as I continue to talk with you all the time, I wish I I could just take the work that you have done in the government sector and transfer it to multiple, I mean, to government sectors all over, Dale, because you're just such a great example of how you look at outcomes, how we work collaboratively together, how we build the right actions, how how we shift if we need to and build agility when things aren't working and to get the things done that we need to do. And you made a great impact for students, for their families, and you have a great impact for the community in terms of really helping your community have the economic viability that it needs to continue to move forward in a most positive way. We couldn't ask for better. So I just appreciate you and your team and the community for the work that you've done to get these outcomes. We should all learn from it. It is an outstanding model. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, and I thank you. This platform is just an invaluable way I think, for these stories to be told. Yes. So I, I appreciate and honored to have the opportunity. Thank you. The problems that have been presented to us over the last year have been tougher than we could have ever imagined. The pandemic has also helped us collaborate to solve critical problems. That's what these two episodes have been all about. How do we collaboratively work together to solve extremely critical problems that are in front of us? Waukesha County government took on the responsibility to work with the public health, the systems, and K-12 communities to get kids back in school. And we are so proud to partner with Dale and his outstanding team. And I'm so appreciative of Dale's time that he spent with us and talking through how his team used that data and continuously worked collaboratively with the community and the schools to get kids back. To learn more about our free upcoming virtual events like our roundtables, destination high performance, and our conferences, visit studereducation.com slash events. You can learn more about Waukesha County's collaboration and partnership benefiting their community and connect with Dale at our Strengthening Rural Conference on April 20th by going to studereducation.com forward slash rural. That's R-U-R-A-L. And if you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.